0: fourth installment of what's become one of my favorite segments, the sports medicine journal presented by Missoula bone and joint. And we are joined now by Dr. Michael Wright. We do this the first week of every month diagnosing and talking about various injuries that afflict athletes across the wide world of sports. And we've talked about some of the most common injuries from ACL tears to compound fractures, to high ankle sprains today. We're going to talk a little bit about labrums. So there is labrums in both your shoulders, which is common, uh, knowledge for people that follow college football because oftentimes guys are having labrum surgery but there's also labrums in your hips so doc just tell us just start there just tell us about just the difference between what a hip labrum is and what a a shoulder labrum might be
1: well structurally uh, the labrum's pretty similar in the shoulder and the hip in terms of of what it's actually made out of it's made out of a fibrocartilage uh, material However, functionally, it it offers quite a bit different function in the shoulder than compared to the hip. So, in in a shoulder, the reason you hear about a lot of guys getting surgery on their shoulder for their labrum is for shoulder instability. And what that means is that the shoulder dislocated or popped out of the joint. And in the shoulder, the labrum is an integral part of, of keeping that shoulder stable. And so, when it tears, the ligaments that stabilize the shoulder attach to the labrum. And so... The the ligaments are often insufficient, which requires a repair of the labrum to stabilize the shoulder. The hip's a little different. The hip is a more constrained joint. It's a ball and socket joint with a deep uh, bony socket. And so instability in the hip is actually quite rare when the hip dislocates. So the labrum in the hip is, is thought to function more as a suction seal uh, around the ball. As the ball rotates around the hip, it maintains suction within the hip to keep the joint lubricated. Um, So both uh, labral injuries in the shoulder and the hip can cause pain for an athlete. In the shoulder, it's much more common to have uh, instability associated with labral injuries as well, whereas hips are are typically more pain with uh, repetitive activities such as sprinting or uh, jumping or any activity that causes repetitive hip uh, flexion.
0: The Grizz play home games this uh, next two Saturdays, so I guess we could say it's officially sort of football season again for the first time in a long time. But in my 15 years covering college football between the Bobcats, the Grizzlies, the rest of the Big Sky Conference, this time of year in the spring, when it's usually the off season, is usually when you always see guys sitting out a spring ball because they had their labrums and their shoulders repaired. Why do you think it's such a common injury in football?
1: Well, it's it's pretty common in any sort of throwing athlete. And so there's different areas of the labrum that can tear. You know, you, you may have heard in, in kind of the lay media something called a slap tear or a superior labral tear that spans from the anterior to posterior direction. So that's that's what we see typically in people that throw a lot, overhead athletes, and that's typically pain, loss of velocity with throwing. Those are the types of symptoms that you see. Whereas the shoulder instability Uh, fix is usually an anterior inferior labral tear and so the shoulder socket is is really a 360 degree uh, socket and there's a labrum that goes all the way around it and so we see injuries you know around the whole the whole surface of that that labrum now this is one of those injuries that guys typically get done in the off season because sometimes you can play through a labral injury it's it's one of those things where the symptoms may not be so severe that you're completely out of commission for the season i've certainly seen guys play through play through a football season and you know sometimes using a brace or sometimes kind of protecting themselves while they play and then they elect to have the surgery done in the off season and you know the reason you see it now is because a lot of those guys are in the kind of the tail end of their recovery they probably had the surgery you know pretty quickly after the season ended And then it's really, you're looking at, you know, anywhere between three and six months in terms of a return to play from a labral injury and a shoulder. And so a lot of them are still just kind of getting the finishing touches on their rehab protocols uh, as they wait in the spring, trying to get ready for the season.
0: A lot of times you do see guys play through a shoulder labrum injury during the season, but then have it repaired uh, in the spring. But sometimes I feel like guys are getting it repaired as almost a precautionary or, or staying ahead of it. They might not quite need the surgery yet, but they get it done in the off season because they know they're going to need it eventually. I mean, just talk about kind of the comparing and contrasting of that. I mean, it seems like sometimes it's even an injury where when you, you know it might be coming if you're like a linebacker or somebody that's a, a high-contact-type position. So, I mean, do you feel like sometimes guys are getting this done ahead of time, or do you understand what I'm asking?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is one of those surgeries where there is a spectrum in terms of the indications. Uh, and I think the reason for that is that, that sometimes you can play with a labral injury without a lot of impairment in your performance. And so that really uh, results in players playing through this type of, of injury. But we know a few things about the labrum that help guide our decision about when to treat surgically. We know that they don't typically heal well. And the same is the true, true about things we've talked about in the past, the ACL, certainly meniscus injuries. They don't have a robust blood supply, so they don't heal well. And so with a labral injury in a shoulder, they do typically uh, tend to progress over time if they're not treated and so this is one of those things that at some point an athlete's going to reach a point in their career when they can no longer play through and then they may not have a choice to have it fixed. But athletes that are, have a desire to play at a higher level and know that it's going to give them issues down the road will will tend to say, hey, I've got a problem, I've got a tear that's not going to heal. I just want to address it now. And we do see that particularly in line linemen, you know, both O-linemen, D-linemen guys that hit a lot with their elbows kind of tucked up against their torso, they tend to have posterior labral Uh, injuries from that repetitive impaction force whereas you know the classic example of a wide receiver reaching out and dislocates his shoulder that's typically an anterior labral injury Uh, and then again as I mentioned before the throwers are typically a superior labral injury and so each one of those different injuries even though they're all labral injuries they come with a a completely different surgery from my standpoint and often uh, a bit different of a rehab protocol and And so this is a, you know, like everything in orthopedics that we treat, there's a spectrum of injury, everything from a small one-anchor repair to a 360-degree labral tear, uh, which requires multiple anchors.
0: Dr. Michael Wright joining us. He's an orthopedic surgeon, Missoula Bone & Joint. This is our Sports Medicine Journal presented by Missoula Bone & Joint. We do this once a month talking about common sports injuries uh, that afflict athletes across all sports. Doc, what's the rehab like when you're talking about shoulder labrum surgeries?
1: Well, the rehab is is typically about six weeks in a sling um, after the surgery itself. And then after that time, it's all about getting the the athlete's range of motion back and then initiating into a, a strengthening phase, uh, usually under the guidance of the athletic trainers and the physical therapists. but. You know, it's one of those things that that three months is about the soonest that someone's going to be back in uh, really aggressive, competitive play. And one type of labral tear that's particularly problematic for athletes can be uh, the dreaded slap tear, which we see a lot in baseball pitchers that have a slap tear repair. And and Oftentimes, they can be plagued by either continued pain or continued stiffness in the shoulder and certainly uh, can result in, in uh, a career-ending injury, even though it's, it's a labrum that is typically something that you can fix. Um, but in general, you're looking at about three to six months before uh, you're back at a pretty high level of, of performance.
0: Switching gears on you then to the hip labrum. Tell us what's the most common forms of hip injuries that then lead to needing surgery uh, for a, a hip labrum surgery.
1: Well, we think about the labrum and the hip a lot differently than sh- than the shoulder, uh, really because of the anatomy of, of the joint. So the hip, as I mentioned before, is a pretty constrained joint from a bone uh, standpoint. You know, you think about Tua, uh, who dislocated his hip, which is quite a rare injury. He also had a fracture. Of his hip that caused the hip to dislocate the shoulder is like a ball sitting on a saucer and so it relies on the labrum to help hold it in place the hip is, is different so hip labral injuries are typically we see that in people that have repetitive high flexion uh type sport which is typically sprinters uh or and, and hockey players is also a classic example and they'll present with deep pain in the groin sometimes catching and, and clicking deep inside of the hip and there's, there's a whole different um, uh, ther- theoretical uh, disease, if you will, of the hip called femoral impingement syndrome, which is a mouthful. But all it means is that the hip itself has some bony characteristics that predi- predispose someone to tearing the labrum in the hip. And the most common is something called a cam deformity, which is when you have an excess of bone at the femoral head-neck junction, which is right adjacent to the ball of the hip. When those athletes go into repetitive high flexion, they actually have a bump of bone that can cause the labrum in the hip to tear. And so when we treat these labral injuries surgically, um, the, the procedure itself is similar to a shoulder surgery in that it's an arthroscopic surgery, we do it up on a TV screen, minimally invasive through small incisions, but in the hip, it's a little different than the shoulder in that we're almost always addressing some degree of bony deformity. And what I mean by that is that bump of bone that we think causes the labrum to tear in the first place, which is just the way that the person's made, we often address that by shaving that bone down at the time of surgery. And then similar to a shoulder, we can repair the labrum in the hip uh, by means of putting anchors in the bone and sewing it uh, back down to the socket. Um, but hip labrum surgery, it's similar to shoulder in, in terms of the recovery. Uh, you're looking at three to six months again for, for most hip labrums. Uh, most people are able to start running again at about the three-month mark, and then it's a progressive kind of rehabilitation protocol uh, after that. And somewhat unpredictable results you know, with hip labrum surgery. This is another thing that can just plague athletes that uh, at times can be career-ending for them.
0: Dr. Michael Wright joining us. This is the Sports Medicine Journal, presented by Missoula Bone & Joint. We do this once a month, diagnosing and, and discussing various injuries that afflict athletes across the wide world of sports. And you mentioned Tua Tagovailoa, vailoa the injury he suffered at Alabama before he came to the NFL. Probably the most, the most famous hip injury is the one suffered by Bo Jackson uh, probably 25 years ago. And I remember watching a documentary about Bo Jackson, and basically one of the doctors that they interviewed in that said that it was almost humanly impossible to suffer this this type of injury that Bo Jackson suffered. Only he could do it because only he was strong enough to have the force and the exertion and the mass and all those things combined to actually be able to truly fully dislocate his hip and completely tear all of the tissue and all the labrum and everything in that. So, I mean, it's almost amazing that that, that injury occurred like it did, right?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I was pretty amazed uh, with Tua uh, to hear about what actually happened to his hip and seeing the play because generally with a hip dislocation, I mean, we see these from time to time, but usually you're talking about, you know, a 70 mile an hour car accident or, or someone that, you know, fell off of a bridge or a building. You're usually thinking about major high energy trauma to dislocate a hip you know more than than we see in 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 most sports um but you know there is certainly a biomechanic component to this meaning if you you land on it just the right angle uh and the forces in just the right trajectory you certainly can uh can dislocate your hip but it's it's rare and and one misconception about hips that I, I see all the time is people think they dislocate their hip. They have the sensation of that hip popping in and out, but it's almost never true that it's fully dislocating. However, in the shoulder, it can totally be true. People can voluntarily dislocate their shoulders. They can, they can do all sorts of tricks to make their shoulder pop in and out. And so that just kind of goes back to the basic understanding of the anatomy of the constraints of the joint. The shoulder is held in place by soft tissue. that. The uh, hip is held in place by a deep, strong uh, bony tissue, which is the hip socket or the acetabulum.
0: Well, it seems to me from this conversation then that shoulder labrum injuries and surgeries are much easier to recover from than hip injuries and, and hip labrum surgeries.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. You know, the slippery slope with shoulders is when you repair the labrum, certainly sometimes you can certainly make a a shoulder too stiff uh, by repairing it because that joint relies on a balance of soft tissues uh, to have the, the appropriate biomechanics. And so shoulders can be tricky as well, but I think in general, you're right. Hip injuries are are probably tougher to come back from uh, than shoulder injuries. And, and certainly hip injuries are a lot less common. We just don't see nearly the number of them uh, as opposed to shoulder, which is really commonplace on, on really any football team.
0: It's the Sports Messenger, presented by Missoula Bone and Joint, Dr. Michael Wright joins me, Coulter Nuanes, here on Nuanes Now. The first week of each month, And, Doc, this has been very informative, as always, and we'll catch up with you soon, but thanks so much for the time today.
1: Okay, thanks, Colter.
0: It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore.